The Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast is part of the Self-Defense Radio Network. All your pro-freedom podcasts in one place. You can find the Self-Defense Radio Network at sdrn.us. Some of the great shows that you'll see there are the Polite Society podcast, Self-Defense Gun Stories, Gun Freedom Radio, Riding Shotgun with Charlie, and many, many others. Thank you so much for being a listener, and we hope you enjoy the show. Greatest president in history, even Fauci agrees. No, I don't. Especially Fauci agrees. That's that's not he true. Agrees. No one agrees more than he agrees. So Randy he's is lying. He's saying he doesn't agree, but he agreed earlier. He did agree with me. That's what I was told. President Biden, how do you remember it? I say, the pair of you behave quite boorishly indeed. You do your post as elected officials dishonor. I will be testifying on this incident before the very populace which invested you in the power you wield so improperly. For they deserve a better class of public servant. Hello, everyone. Uh, This is episode, uh, what are we on now? Episode 56 of the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. Uh, I am Rolo the Puerto Rican Pistolero, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely and beautiful wife and co-host, Johanna, Latina Locked and Loaded. That was... uh, an episode of Freedom Tunes, uh, you may have heard of them. Uh, they're an awesome YouTube channel. If you haven't, you should check them out. Uh, they uh, they make me laugh all the time. Uh, so <laughs> that was just a little one called uh, Dr. Fauci's Senate Hearing. Yeah, it's so, uh, made by Seamus Coughlin of Freedom Tunes. Yes. He's uh, quite awesome. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, check it out. Yes. And bienvenidos a todos mis amigos Y participantes regulares, bienvenidos. Ooh, there we go. Well, uh, again, welcome to the show. Uh, We are the Locked and Loaded Latinos. We are part of the Self-Defense Radio Network, where you can find all of your pro-freedom podcasts. Uh, Check us out at sdrn.us with many podcasts, such as Riding Shotgun with Charlie, uh, Self-Defense Gun Stories, Gun Freedom Radio, uh, Guns Guide to Liberals, and many, many more. So go ahead and check them out. Uh, we are broadcasting on a Saturday night. So this would be called a, a Saturday night special, uh, oh as they would say. So uh, because uh, Joe is off to uh, worlds unknown and destinations unknown uh, tomorrow for work. Uh, so she'll be gone for a few days and I will be uh, alone here and sad with the sad, cat. Sad, world's tiniest <laughs> violin playing. So... Uh, but uh, wish her luck and uh, and safe times there. We'll be looking out for her. Thank you, thank you. So, yeah. So that's why we're doing a Saturday night show. We've got a lot of uh, interesting things to talk about. We're going to have uh, some uh, some serious topics, very serious and dark topics. Uh, we're going to have some fun, too. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, we watched The Suicide Squad, uh, something like less than two hours before the show. It, we actually finished up. I'm going to save my review until yeah. we do it. So uh, we, ch- we checked that out. We saw that uh, G-Webs had a poll out there on YouTube, 
asking for people's opinions. So we I'm will give to our hear opinion. What YouTube has to say. Oh, YouTube. <laughs> what the chat has to, say. has to say. <laughs> it's been a really long week, guys. Uh, we never, we never did our "How was your week?" segment. How was your week, Rolando? Well, I mean, I was here with you. <laughs> no, I was, uh, I was busy working in a uh, in a project for a few days, so I wasn't really home that often. And uh, and Joe was pretty busy here too, uh, preparing for her project next week. I so, had an awesome week. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Very uh, empowering and wonderful and. Um, I just wanted to say out that it's never, I was just talking to Jay about this on the phone. It's not a bad thing to celebrate uh, yourself and your accomplishments. That's, there's a difference between being braggadocious and just being grateful for, you know, your awesome hard work and all that. So Mm -hmm. just, you know, continue my little, what did I call it? My motivational, personal uh, growth, very Tony Robbins stuff. Not that I do that, but yeah, I'm having one of those weeks where I just feel really grateful for life and the growth and the hard work that you put forth sometimes actually does reap its rewards. And, um, so that's awesome. Yep. Uh, G webs in the chat asks a question, freedom tunes interview in the future. Oh, we would love. Uh, oh my Sh- God. Seamus would be great. He's awesome. I think we're a little bit small for Seamus now. Continuing on my track of feeling good about yourself and being positive, maybe one day in the future, hopefully soon. Yeah. So uh, he's he's pretty awesome. You can check out his uh, alternative channel as well, which Common is Sense. Co- Common Sense Soapbox, and he has a uh, a Second Amendment. Or, uh, it's a more serious channel. So Freedom Tunes is humorous, still, still animated, but it has how to describe this. It actually has like Schoolhouse like, Rock without the music. Yes, yeah. I I particularly enjoy the the Second Amendment one that he had. It was all full of statistics. It was animated. Mm-hmm. It was in a humorous situation. Um, it was three three friends shooting uh, mutated hogs. <laughs> mutated hogs, yeah. And it was like one of those like uh, this is a very weird situation. One of them was like I would never. Uh, he was he was being pro gun control, and then the other two like hit him with all the facts. Like actually, and then they went with statistics of you know the, the statistics that you and I know very well of um, you know guns actually kill less people than other means, blunt yes. objects, feet, punching, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, I thought that was really cool. So it's in a in a format that may be easier for somebody who's on the fence to digest because it's cute and it's animated. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, we, sound doesn't usually work, but we'll, you can see the subtitles. We'll just play a small part of it, but I, I recommend give, go to, go to their channel and give them the view and all that stuff. So let's see if I can bring that up here. Screen share. If you can't hear it, you'll see the kind of the subtitles. But. I'm running low. It was good knowing you guys. Come on a hunting trip with us, Ron. It'll be fun, Ron. We should never have come here in the first place. I don't even like guns. I think they should be illegal. Whoa. Uh Uh-oh. You're in favor of gun control? I'm sorry, but rare contrived scenarios like this where guns are useful for self-defense don't justify all the innocent lives lost due to gun violence. Sorry to break it to you, but scenarios like this aren't as rare as you would think. 
So what? No, okay, not like this. But podcast. guns being used they for self-defense is actually yes. significantly more common than them being used to commit crimes. Really? Yep, there are about 500,000 to 3 million defensive uses of a firearm per year in the U.S. Compared to only 300,000 gun crimes. Yep. And before the 2020 riots, all violent crime, including gun crime, had been declining across the U.S. Fine, whatever. But what about assault rifles? No one needs one of those. And they kill so many people. All rifles combined kill fewer people each year than hammers. Or fists. More people are literally kicked to death than are- So yeah, yeah, you get the idea. We dropped the link for this video in the- uh, in the chat, so go ahead and check that out for our, our podcast listeners. Uh, go ahead and check out the uh, Will Gun Control Make Us Any Safer at uh, Common Sense Soapbox on YouTube, or you can go to freedomtunes.com. Uh, definitely, he's he's a really cool guy. Uh, I would definitely support his projects. He's on Patreon and all that stuff, so go ahead and uh, give Seamus a listen. You know, I really do appreciate when um, organizations or platforms utilize their their voice for getting going beyond the echo chamber that we mm -hmm. talk about so much or even if it's not an echo chamber it's the industry itself people who are already programmed i think a lot of you know us in this so-called community um waste a lot of effort talking to each other mm -hmm. i mean i think it's so important because we're urging each other and educating each other in the better ways of how to talk to those people outside that bubble um and you know the the statistics or things to say because sometimes it's just going out there and saying i will not comply is not going to do anything it's not going to change hearts and minds so i think that's still important um so i of course appreciate people you know becoming more well-rounded and how to approach people because it is a difficult a very very difficult mm -hmm. thing to do as someone who routinely does that i like to talk i could I talk to a brick wall <laughs> mm -hmm. um but you know i was talking to jay today about it because uh, some something i very, very much appreciate uscca is actually making much more efforts to do stuff like that obviously this isn't released yet but um it's all over their social media so i can talk about it they did a a, a panel this weekend i appreciate that too uh chris chang my friend beth alcazar jay alumni uh, of the show yes uh, and uh, Kendra Wilkinson, Wilkinson, why do I say that? Oh my God, Kendra Hieronimo from <laughs> from Hustle Queen. Um, and I think the fifth person, I don't know her. I believe she is a DB survivor, very strong voice as well. And they did a diversity panel, which I know a lot of people don't like that because it's like, you know, like, um, what's the word for it? Like uh, when you, you know, pretend to be in tokenized tokenizing yeah. it's not tokenizing i think it's actually giving a voice i think these voices are really important i really throw my support 110 percent behind chris chang i know that he had some static uh again over the um uscca posting that he was going to be part of this panel and i think that's you know we we already saw it from the recoil uh magazine cover and now we're seeing it again with the USCCA um, using him as a voice. And I think as a community, we need to, you know, recognize that there is a lot of bigot, you know, being bigots still in this community. We like to pretend that we're bigger than that. And some people s turn their nose up at the diversity stuff. But clearly, if we're having that kind of response 
with someone like Chris uh, now twice in recent months, I think it's still an issue. And I think it's something that we need to address and be aware of and talk about. And I'm just going to say, if you are that kind of person, I don't want you. Don't be, don't be coming in here because this is an open-minded thing. Um, we're open-minded people. And as long as you believe in freedom and that's all I require. And, you know, if you're religious, which I am, you have to ask yourself if you're a Christian and that's your, well, I'm Christian, so I don't believe in that stuff. Uh, you know, the story of, of how Jesus even prostitutes, he didn't turn them away. So what would Jesus do? Don't be, don't be a bigot, in my opinion. Okay. That's where I come from. Mm-hmm. So everybody needs to be a little bit more open-minded and just put yourself, you know, what if that was my kid? You know, I don't know. You just, just well, don't be like that. Well, I always think about, um, I go back to that story with, uh, things that we've heard all the time, but, uh, when I was on Hank's show with Diana and, uh, she kind of mentioned that once she, once her rights and freedoms kind of started getting oppressed, uh, it changed her perspective on things. So even though she'd been in law enforcement and she'd enforced, you know, uh, different laws, you know, her perspective on things like marijuana, she, she mentioned and things like that, obviously what happened with the lockdowns kind of changed her perspective, seeing it from, uh, the civilian side. So, uh, that's how it is. We're always going to have these, uh, these things. And yeah, Kathleen uh, makes a good point in the chat. No one speaks for God, but a lot of religious people think that they do. Yeah, yeah. we oh. have no idea. Yeah. We have no idea what, you know, I mean, if you really, I mean, this is going to sound blasphemous, but we don't know uh, how much of the Bible is original, how much of it was edited. We all know that if you're coming from a Catholic perspective, I took a class on Christianity. Unfortunately, I took that, you know, like that that one COVID class that you're supposed to take in college and everybody takes religion 101 and then i wanted to be different and say oh let me take something you know like different i don't want to do religion 101 which i probably should have done um but i took history of christianity and that let me tell you i thought that was going to make me you know stronger catholic and it really didn't it actually shook me for a really long time um because when you really it was a history class more than anything um you got to see all the negativity, all the the nitty gritty evil stuff that happened behind the scenes of the actual religion, like the organization versus like the faith part, the political, I, side. the political side, and boy was it messed up. Um, even the creation of, of of the religion is pretty messed up. But I'm convinced that you know if if you read what was those Dan Brown books, uh, they talked about that stuff. How there was basically books of the Bible that I mean that's fiction, but. Um, I personally believe that some of that stuff may be true and whatever wasn't convenient for, you know, the organization got left out. So. Well, it, it's like anything else that we know, uh, whenever things can be politicized or used for control by organizations, uh, that's why we believe in limited government. That's why we have a constitution. So we believe in that religious freedom, but we also give people the power so that no uh, organization or institution can oppress you. And that's kind of, uh, that's what we've learned here in the United States, how to balance those things out. Even though we're built on those Judeo-Christian principles, you know, one nation under God, 
and the founders made it very explicit that they believed that, uh, you know, the United States was special um, in, in that regard. Yeah. But like anything else, uh, you know, religion is used as a weapon and as propaganda to manipulate people. So, but anyway, yeah, so we saw that, but uh, let's go more to the positive side here because we're going to get really dark anyway. <laughs> hold on, hold Later on. on. So. Uh, I want to address you as you said it was all recoil in my opinion. I know how you feel about recoil, um, but I do want to say that this this sentiment I have seen it um, in micro doses throughout on social media, and I know trolls exist and people are act a certain way on social media. But I think you know the truth comes out if you want to know someone's truth. Talk to them on social media and when they're behind a keyboard and anonymous and, um, or get them drunk, <laughs> the universal truth serum. So I, I saw, uh, Edgar has a, a really, um, I actually really like the t-shirt cause it's like aesthetically pleasing. It's got gun shooting rain, like colors, like a red, orange, you know, it's not at first glance a rainbow. Um, and I didn't even realize that it was when I first saw it. I just thought it was like, like a, I don't know. Maybe I'm dizzy and I didn't realize it was a rainbow. <laughs> but when I first saw it, it wasn't the first thing I thought of. I saw the guns and it was colorful and fun. Um, and it was in support of his wife because she's bi. So I, I, you know, I think that's actually really nice that he did something to support that community um, and his wife. So that's awesome. Uh, and, you know, I'm the kind of person, live and let live. I don't really care what you do as long as it's, you know, like, I don't have to, this is true for gay or straight. I don't want to watch anybody doing it in front of me. So, you know, like that has nothing, like I just keep your PDA away for, you know, same thing. I would have the same exact reaction to, you know, my friends kissing or something. It's just like, I don't want to see that, you know, like that's just me. Um, so I'm very much live and let live. So it doesn't, it, I don't have any reaction. This is whatever. Um, but I saw posts that were made of people wearing the shirts and, Literally, people in the comments would be like, oh, I'm going to stop following you, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure that if I post stuff about Chris, I would get like an unfollower or two. Um, so it just happens. I know it exists. I've seen it in microscopic doses and it is what it is. It's, it, it exists out there. So I'm not a fan of it. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Chris, I support you. And anyone who's a bigot can kick rocks. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, what else, what do we, what do we want to move into? We're going to talk about, oh yeah, let's talk about, uh, if you saw there, we had, uh, USCCA's, uh, well, it was Argo J's social media up there. Uh, they were projecting some statistics. USCCA was on one of the buildings downtown in, Mil in Milwaukee, I believe. Uh, so that should be a cool event. We'll hear more about it. And, uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, From the pictures I saw that they were out and actually, I think I was starting to talk about this, but I didn't get around to it because I got distracted by the whole Chris thing. Cause that just, I, he's the one of the nicest people. And I just, I think that's really crappy that people um, aren't supporting someone doing work. Cause this is work, you know, um, something that someone asked me this week, it's like, Oh, is this your full-time job? I'm like, no, advocacy doesn't make money. You're spending tons of money doing this stuff. Um, and it's, it's just a passion, you know, it's like a project that you just do for your own good. It's like, I feel the same way with advocacy that I do about, uh, volunteering. I've always been a huge volunteer. I've talked about that usually with animals, 
uh, kids, something in medicine. It's, it's, I've always had a project. I've always done it. And it's just a personal thing. I feel like, you know, I'm not a bad person. I've never done anything evil, but I do feel like it just makes me like, it just feels good to do good or put good in the world, like paying it forward, doing things for, you know, if there is a scale, I want to make sure it's going in the right direction that, but that's not what I think about at the end of the day. I just, that's just a personal reaction that I have to helping, um, things that I feel good about, like passionate about and advocacy somehow snuck in there. And, you know, I appreciate everybody who does that kind of work because it's, it's not rewarding, um, in terms of any material or, or kind of thing. So kudos to, USCCA for hosting those individuals. They did a lot of work this weekend. Um, they took their time to do this project, the panel, and also go out into the city. I guess they were in Milwaukee and talk to your average person and get them to try to change their mind or open their mind. So kudos to that. That's, that's awesome work. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, we're going to get to a few of the comments here. Uh, G Webs, did you see Chris appropriated polka dots from Cheryl Todd in his recent photo? <laughs> yeah, we saw that he was wearing a polka dot shirt there. I did not see that. Yes. Uh, Brian Quick, uh, there are serious concerns with the LGBT community going after children, sexualizing children, drag queen story hour, none that would align with Catholicism. Absolutely. And I agree with you on that. That's why I said, as long as you're not doing anything against other people and it's just a personal thing, I don't have a problem with it. I do have serious problems with. Um, the sexual sexual fetishizing of children, which is a huge problem, and anyone who denies it is blind yep. um, and, and an ostrich to the situation. It is clearly an issue in America. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have a problem with women losing being women. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I forgot who said it. It might have been Candace Owen. I don't remember. But there definitely is, you know, women have come a long way, um, where was it? Where is it, uh, the building in, in D.C., in Washington, D.C., that has uh, the National Archive? It was in the National, National Archive. National Archive has a wonderful display of, uh, I know they have uh, one for, like, civil rights, and they also have women's, uh, women's rights and, and, and suffrage and all that, and the history of. So that's really cool to go and, and see. And it's, as a woman, when I went to see it, I got emotional looking at it. I'm like, yeah, we've come a long way. Um, so it kind of sucks to see you know, women kind of losing a little bit and having to share. And I, I say share because you're taking away. If one person gets something taken away, if one girl gets a scholarship taken away, I kind of feel that is not okay. Um, I don't, I'm not saying they don't deserve a place in the world, but they shouldn't have to take it away from someone else. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's my opinion on it. I agree. Uh, and, and it is something, if you want to go back to, uh, episode, what was that episode that we had Chris on? It was episode, let's see. And yes, it is being pushed, Brian. I know exactly what you're talking about, Kathleen. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yep. but it's, it's necessary to separate the people versus the movement. Yeah. 49. Uh, Cause there is an agenda. Yes. I believe there is an agenda. Yes, uh, I yes, uh, there definitely is a political agenda behind it. It's about control. Uh, I there's there's a lot of other things. It's a topic that we can't really get into, and we're more on the two A side. But you know, we we get into politics, and I definitely think that there is uh, a fringe movement. Uh, it's you know part of the progressive movement that's been pushing 
Uh, it's co-opted a lot of the LGBTQ movement. We have, you know, we, we talked about it briefly with Chris at the end of that episode because we know that uh, the concern that a lot of people have, and it happens with us just being in minority group, that obviously most Latinos, especially organizations that try to represent Latinos or Hispanics, are very are, are leftist, are at least aligned towards the Democratic Party or are outright far leftist. Uh, and that happens with BLM. Obviously, they're a leftist uh, and communistic uh, organization. It happens with uh, a lot of the LGBTQ organizations. So it's something that, uh, you know, people need to battle against and, and you know, look beyond. Uh, and that's why encouraging people, um, you know, like Chris in the community, uh, people that, you know, don't, uh, that believe in freedom, or at least start opening the door and say, well, what are your what are your principles about how you know people should live and do you feel that you need to impose your will on anybody and uh, do you feel that you have the right to you know you know uh, have self-determination in that regard and if they agree with that you can start moving forward with things like that and ultimately it's about uh, and being an anti-authoritarian and making sure that you don't infringe on somebody else's rights so obviously uh, trying to influence children is definitely a big no-no in influencing somebody's rights um, doing things like that are, is reprehensible. And, you know, we're, we're, again, we're, we're talking about serious topics and we're going to go even further, but on the two a side, let's talk about a little bit about, uh, Dave Chipman. Mm -hmm. So, uh, he's everyone's favorite, uh, would be nominee for the ATF head honcho position. And, uh, it looks like, well, he's got another nail, it seems like, going into that coffin that hopefully will end up going through soon. Um, and uh, that is that it looks like he's done some work with the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> so we'll bring it up. Our good friends at Mom at Arms, go ahead out, uh, go ahead and check out mom-at-arms.com. And you can see right there on the front page, uh, they posted that uh, an article from Fox News saying that Biden ATF nominee David Chipman failed to disclose Chinese state TV hit used as propaganda by the communist state. Oh, man, that doesn't sound good at all. How does he even get involved with the Chinese Communist Party? That's so weird. Oh, because, well, look, the CCP, they use the Global Times and a lot of their media organizations as a front to try to bring in, you know, American officials and things like that or, or Western officials and, you know, they bring them in, especially somebody like Dave Chipman. They know that he's anti-gun. They know that he's worked with the feds in the past uh, in different things like that. So they can get a coup in basically getting an American official to hate on American ideals like the Second Amendment. So they can say, like, look, the Americans themselves don't even believe in the Second Amendment. Or, see, they want to try to emulate us, you know. Look at all the problems that the Americans have that we don't have here. Uh, because we don't allow our citizenry to own guns. You don't need such a thing here. So, you know, that's what they do. They use it. They make it look bad. So it was a uh, uh, Biden's ATF nominee, David Chipman, appeared on Chinese state-run media network, China Global Television Network, CGTN, previously known as CCTN, in December 2012. So it was a while ago to discuss the government's response to the Sandy Hook massacre, one of the deadliest shootings in U.S. history. Uh, CGTN reaches 30 million households within the U.S. and is, quote, an arm of of China's propaganda machine is controlled by the Communist Party and serves as part of what Mr. Xi has been uh, called Beijing's publicity front, as described by the New York Times. In 2019, the DOJ required CGTN to register as a foreign agent under the Foreign 
Agents Registration Act, or FARA. According to the DOJ, in order to protect the U.S. from uh, foreign influence, FARA, quote, requires certain agents of foreign principals who are engaged in political activities or activities specified under the statute, unquote, to disclose periodic updates to the department. What do you think of that, Joe? I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, between this and the racism thing that we talked about last week that he said, um, he basically, it was a recall. Someone recalled that. I forgot who. It was somebody, I guess, who used to work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, that he made a comment that there was a high number of African-Americans who passed some exam and they must have cheated, uh, clearly showing racism, if it's true, because this is an alleged recollection um that just doesn't sound good so Mm -hmm. the hill uh had an article today about senate minority leader mitch mcconnell urging the white house to withdraw president biden's pick of david chipman i guess that happened this week yep uh for to lead the bureau of uh alcohol tobacco and firearms and in the i I mean he's already said it before obviously republicans are not going to support him at least they'll do that um, uh, McConnell said Senate has spent quite a long time, quite enough time flirting with a profoundly misguided nomination. The American people deserve a trustworthy steward leading the ATF. It is time the Biden administration revisit this decision and send us someone who fits that description. So it's no surprise that the GOP has been critical of him. However, the article goes on to say Democrats could confirm Chipman on their own if all members of their caucus back the nomination. But so far, several moderates haven't said if they will support Chipman, including Senators Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, I mm-hmm. think that is, because I apparently don't know my abbreviations, John Tester, Democrat from Montana, Kirsten Cinema from Arizona, uh, and Angus King, Independent from Maine. Democratic leaders have been in conversation with the key undecided votes as they try to figure out the path forward on Chipman's nomination. They've declined to say when they will call up his nomination. Um, it, it's looking like the writing's on the wall. I think that's done. We can hope so. It's been dragging on, but at this point it keeps adding on and every oh, week. Oh, it goes on. Yeah, so, every week there's something new. However, um, it, it's at least going to get dropped for a little while because the Senate is, I guess, going to be on break for a week's long break uh and they wouldn't be able to go back to this issue until mid-september hmm. so well and i think they're a little bit more preoccupied with the spending plan that they're working on yep so fingers crossed that doesn't mean we're gonna get someone great to be atf uh leader but at least it won't be Chipman, who has so much negativity associated with him, is clearly anti-gun, has outright said that he wants to ban ARs, um, and has some BS definition of what ARs are, including whatever the, what did he say, whatever Congress says they are? Yes. So that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So that's what we have on Dave. Yep. Little, supposedly, maybe, possibly, Wiggo Dave. Now I see you pulling up the regulations, Doug, of website yes so more importantly in regards to the atf and we're going to keep harping on this until you we have no time left to do this please leave a comment on the uh, regulations.gov regarding the definition of a frame or receiver and the identification of firearms 
Uh, so far, there are 110, what, let's see, how many? 118,426 comments. That doesn't seem to be much more than last week. Uh, as we saw, and G-Webs has been, you know, harping on this uh, pretty often. A lot of the comments are from anti-gun organizations and people. Uh, they have caught on to our success in the past. So they are using this to their advantage as well, which means that we need to double and triple down on our efforts uh, because we know that, again, too many gun owners are not uh, paying attention to their Second Amendment rights. They take them for granted. Uh, and we need to make sure that they know that regulations like these will wholeheartedly affect uh, not just existing firearms like AR-15s or any really modern firearm, let's be perfectly honest, when they're going down to the granularity of, you know, pistols, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, grip modules and things like that. And uh, obviously 3D printing and makers um, and homemakers of firearms, hobbyists, things like that, or just anybody that wants to be able to build their own firearm as they have their uh, God-given right to do. Uh, yeah. Check this out. Make make a comment of it. Check out some of the other comments. Uh, if you're not sure what to say, if you don't feel like you you may not be that articulate when it comes to writing things. Please avoid cursing. Yeah. 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 Be professional about it because you're also setting an example for other people that are going to look at that. There might be a few people that are on there that uh, there could be another uh, podcast that's a mirror of ours, a doppelganger of the the anti-locked and loaded Latinos that are again against people owning guns. And uh, they could be telling their friends to do this. So you're so, telling me that there's possibly a podcast that is uh, two very handsome Hispanic. They would be the anti. So they would be. They would be ugly. Yes, they would okay. be the anti doppelgangers. And no, they wouldn't be into comic books they, they or would video have, games. They would They'd both, be really boring. They would both have mustaches. They would read really boring books. They would uh, read left wing propaganda all the time without taking any critical thinking of it, uh, or only read the the summary on Pink Monkey and not actually read the actual books and then say, well, I understand what that is, or I hate this, even though I've never read it before. And so. it would probably have multicolored hair. Yes. I don't know where that came <laughs> from because multicolored hair. Sorry if anybody does in the chat. I was going to say, I, I, I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from, where it became associated. The same thing where CZ's got associated with soy milk. I don't understand that. Yeah. Or soy lattes. Um, it's just weird because I had, uh, they're not even that much more expensive than other guns. In fact, in fact, I'm your CC was like four hundred and like four hundred thirty bucks, four hundred fifty bucks. A little bit more than that. No, it wasn't even. It didn't it break five hundred. It did break five hundred. No, it didn't. It did. Nope. It did. It didn't, but that's did. okay. Anyway, Joe, Joe always challenges me on memory of prices of things, and this is the one area where I completely dominate her memory. <laughs> oh, look at that. Uh, Gun sales are finally down from 2020. Ooh. Well, I think things have been on the down low. There's a lot of other things going on right now. Uh, I think people aren't worrying about it as much. Not that it's like super, super down, but I guess uh, it's significant to say that for the first time in a long time, it's not like, oh my God, the numbers are like higher than ever. Mm -hmm. So we're not breaking records anymore. Well, and ammo prices have been stabling. I mean, uh, stabilizing. Things have been interesting right now. I saw that... The supposed job numbers went up. Uh, I think that, you know, really people are talking about the the Delta coup right now, and that seems to be the main uh, the main fear 
we're not going to talk about COVID because Roland and I have arguments about COVID all the time. About, um, yeah. So that seems to be really the main topic of discussion right now. And people are concerned about if there's going to be lockdowns again, which I don't think that there are. Um, at least not if you live, especially not if you live in a free state. Uh, and if you live in New York, you should just leave at this point. There's nothing there left for you. There's no fight to be had there. I did like that Dr. Drew, um, I don't consider him strictly conservative. I just think like to think of him as a thinker. So Dr. Drew put out a really cool tweet about the um, the passport that they were considering. or De Bla- I don't know if they're actually doing it. Are they actually doing it in De, uh, de Blasio? Uh, oh yeah, they've got, yeah they're it's doing official? yeah they're doing that in New York City. So he pointed out that only twenty four point eight percent of the black community has been vaccinated, and therefore mandating a passport would therefore be a weird way of segregation, mm-hmm. or just I don't even know if you would call that segre- he called it segregation, but it would definitely um, you know be an inhibiting thing for the black community, and they have reasons for not being into the vaccine because they have a history with not trusting the government and that because of, you know, the Tuskegee. Yes. I never pronounce it right. Yeah, Tuskegee. That's Tuskegee uh, thing. Tuskegee you know, experiment. Experiment, thank you. So the thing. Um, <laughs> so I understand. Um, that's all I'm going to say on it. You know, it is, it is that statistics and it is going to be predominantly going to be impacting that community and it is what it is, you know? Yep. Uh, so kind of speaking on a little bit of that, well, kind of going down the, the dark topics. Brian, here. quick, Alex has been right about more than one thing and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is funny. Uh, so, yes, uh, we're going to talk about a topic that has nothing to do with the Second Amendment, but whoa, does whoa, have whoa, to do whoa, with... Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? Whoa. Kathleen Music Lover says, at Locked and Load Latinos, the link just goes to a blank page. Uh, I clicked on it. It does work when I click on it. Okay, so. just double checking. Yeah. So I already clicked on it when I uh, saw that. Kathleen, just go to... Uh, Regulations.gov and search for, uh, or just go on Google and search for the definition of frame or... Uh, receiver and identifications of firearms. If I click on this, will it open another page? Why is this not working? It is working. Yeah, just go to regulations.gov. Just Google regulations.gov, and then the title of the thing, of the thing, of the article is Definition of Frame or Receiver and Identification of Firearms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that you should will work get for you. There. And it ends in 12 days to reiterate that. The urgency. Yep. So uh, speaking about Alex Jones being right, uh, this was a story that I had first heard about. Uh, man, I, I I heard about it on a kind of like a podcast like this where you would never expect to hear a story like this. Uh, the quartering, he usually talks about pop cultural issues and things like that uh, almost exclusively. Uh, he talks about video games too, right? Yeah, but that's that's what I consider pop culture. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, media, things like that. So not really news issues unless they happen to affect uh, that industry. And seeing him pop this up and saying, well, was Alex Jones right? And I was like, okay, so what was he right about this time uh, 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 about certain things uh, that seemed like the dystopian world that we're coming into? So he, he mentioned that uh, we'll see how YouTube likes this, but now the big prominent channels have talked about this and Yahoo News talks about it. We can bring it up. Uh, it's not a topic that we bring about 
that we've ever really spoken about uh, abortion. But uh, needless to say, millions in federal money flowed into tissue bank that collected fetal heart gonads, legs, and brain, uh, according to a report. The Department of Health and Human Services has funneled at least $2.7 million into a University of Pittsburgh project that utilizes a tissue bank with organs from aborted fetuses, according to a release from Judicial Watch Tuesday. The conservative nonprofit obtained hundreds of pages of public records requests, which details Pitt's interest in harvesting fetal organs for a project known as Genito Urinary Development Molecular Anatomy Project, or GUDMAP. More money was requested by the university, but it's unclear uh, exactly how much it received. Uh, here, and here, if that's not bad enough, here's where it really gets, you know, pretty awful. A Pitt's application specified that it sought to develop a, quote, pipeline to the acquisition, quality control, and distribution of human genitourinary urinary and genital organs, organs and functions. Samples obtained through development of 6 to 42 weeks of gestation. 42 weeks represents more than 10 months of pregnancy. Yes, I believe 36, 37 is considered standard. Yes, yeah, well, uh, 40 weeks in most states, uh, 37 in the UK is considered, uh, you know, uh, that's... And by that's the way, you can't child. go past that. You know, they basically just induce after... I think they induce in America after 40 weeks. Yes, and uh, and it was also said that the university saw a large number of minority fetuses. Uh, I believe I saw on another source that it was around like 25 to 28% they wanted uh, were African-Americans, Uh uh, ab aborted fetuses. So this is a really dark topic. And, you know, we bring it up just because honestly, I think it's something that needs to be talked about. I think it's something that needs to be exposed. Um, you know, we talk about atrocities that have been committed throughout history. Uh, you can feel one way or another about, you know, the right to choose or things like that. But I think that we can agree that, creating an incentive for this industry because it doesn't matter what you tell me. I know what the argument for many people on the left would be. First of all, you know, some people are going to be the far progressives obviously don't represent the majority on the abortion issue of the Ralph Northam wing, which feel that, well, essentially when the baby is ready to be born up to that point, you can even abort a live child essentially. But if it, I would love to know more details on this because, um, so, so University of Pittsburgh is being well, here, funded to. Well, well, let me, let me finish the point that I was okay, getting at because it. the counter that people will say, so, uh, even people that may not be in the macabre, like third trimester or, you know, that kind of wing of the abortion issue, they'll try to argue, which we can see here, the university went up to 42 weeks, so they, they didn't even care about that anyway. So that, that eliminates the majority of people that would be okay with abortions even up to a certain point um, that a lot of you know people on the Democratic Party may agree uh, to, you know, the safe, legal, and rare crowd. Uh, but when you start creating, and we see this in China, where let's allow another country, we know that they harvest organs and they use slave labor, so as long as it's out of sight, out of mind, we don't really care about it. As long as there's some sort of benefit that I didn't have to commit terrible acts to do, then I'm okay with it. So we know if you read more into the organ, uh, organ trade and harvesting trade that the Chinese participate in, a lot of Western institutions turn a blind eye to it because they're getting research that they never would have gotten before. So they're like, well, we're not the ones doing it, so it's okay. Uh, or we'll just turn a blind eye. And that's essentially what I see here. 
So once you start saying, well, you know, women are going to get abortions anyway because it's legal, why can't we use these uh, these children, as, as in my opinion, that's what I call them, uh, why can't we use these children that are already dead uh, for other purposes that may be beneficial? Because at that point, you're creating an incentive because now you understand that there's an industry that creates propaganda that says it's totally acceptable at any point to have an abortion, that you should even be proud of it. That may be the far left wing, but if the moderate people that believe that abortion is safe, legal, and rare, and that's a traumatizing thing, and it's a difficult choice, they should be telling those other people to be quiet and not push that kind of macabre stuff. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm against it. Uh, but you know, at the very least, like you can't hide, you can't hide from that, from that faction, especially when you see that things like this are happening. So the, your logical conclusion is you're starting to incentivize and take any responsibility away from people so that they make a choice that's beneficial to you. So because organizations like this university, uh, want to do this kind of research, well, hey, we may promote organizations that say it's totally morally okay to get uh, an abortion or that you should just be totally, you should have no qualms about it, uh, you know. Uh, even if you believe in it, I think most people can say it should be a very difficult decision that you don't come to lightly. Uh, but, you know, to treat it like, oh, it's just a basic medical procedure and it's no big deal or an excuse to not be a responsible adult. Um, you know, I know there's situations where women you know, go through terrible things that might be raped uh, or you have incest, things like that, that's understandable. But if you're a responsible adult and if you're a responsible woman, and I think Joe can agree with this, if you're a true feminist, you can tell a dude that unless he's, you know, unless there's protection involved, you're not going to, you're not going to do the dance. Uh, and I think that if you don't have that level of self-control, then, you know, you've got other issues going on, and that's a problem. We have a lack of responsibility in this society, and as long as we can hide things away, people are like, well, out of sight, out of mind, I don't have to see it, I don't have to uh, believe it, I, I don't have to be exposed to it, and I can, you know, just jump away with it. So, uh, Joe, what, what have you got? Um, did you talk about the minority issue yet? Yes. Okay. So I would like to know. Oh, and this would also add why maybe people in, in certain communities are not keen on getting certain medical procedures that the government condones because they see that the government provides research to things like this where they specifically are asking for more minority children. It's like, well, I mean, why am I going to trust the government with anything that they say, especially when it comes to medical procedures? It's completely understandable. Yeah. And that's why I have empathy for that, uh, that argument. Absolutely. Sorry. Um, I would just like to know, obviously this just came out. Uh, I think Brian Quick, yeah, Brian Quick talked about Project Veritas mm -hmm. um, saying that they exposed Planned Parenthood years ago. Yeah. Now uh, they did, they, they technically lost that case, but we know how the legal system can be, but we won't really go into that case because technically they lost. So you know, we don't want to get flagged for say. doing stuff, but sorry. So Project Veritas, yes, they did expose it, but now we're seeing it. You know, Uni University of Pittsburgh is actually admitting it. Um, Yahoo News. This is a story on Yahoo News, which is mainstream media. So before, when it was just something like Project Veritas, it could be brushed away as conspiracy or, you know, it's probably not true. Or, you know, they got a lot of... When it comes from a certain source, type of source, it doesn't get the credibility from the non-believers. 
So now that it's ma- mainstream media, it's going to be out there. And I would like to see if the story gets picked up and spread and more comes from it. Um, that'll be interesting. And I hope it does because I want to know more details of how exactly this experiment is logistically, if that makes any sense. The fact that you have fetuses from six weeks to 42 weeks. Uh, I know there are states that have, every state is different when it comes to what is legal. Mm-hmm. 42 weeks, that's basically the if the mother had just chosen to just push, that would be a baby. You already carried it for 42 weeks. Just fucking, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Have the baby and give it away if you don't want it. I don't understand the purpose. It's a late one. Oh, come on. <laughs> if, you know, I just get a little bit passionate about that because, I mean, I have kids in my family and it's like, I don't have any, but even if I didn't have kids, kids are awesome. You know, like not all kids are awesome, but they're just, it's life. Yeah. It's life. It's already alive. It's fully like, you can get away with people being like, oh, well, it's a clump of cells. What is their excuse when it's 42 weeks? Yeah. So I'd like to know more about, um, the logistics of the project of how many of those were late term? Where did they come from? Did did the moms get paid off because it was a study? Like, I want to know more. I want to know the logistics of it. And is this the only, this can't be the only time that this has ever happened, which we know from well, previous stories. So Apparently not. It sounded from the, from the article, it sounded like it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and uh, as far as other universities, other institutions, so it's always something that we've suspected and talked about, um, you know, or, or not necessarily us, but, you know, amongst ourselves we have. But, uh, you know, uh, no surprise here. Did it's- the parent, did the mom know? Also, yeah. I would like to know, did the mom know, did well, they consent to having the, well, do you lose the right after you decide to do that? Do you sign it away that you have no, there's nothing, you have no connection with that child after you've decided to get the abortion? I, I'm sure that most people, when they show up, they're so distraught and just like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't wait for this to be over. And even if you're not emotional about it, um, from the perspective of, you know, the actual, per, you know, the actual mm-hmm. decision, because I think a lot of people have gotten to the point. I, I have seen it from, I think I've told the story before. I, I was on, I'm on Reddit and I had made the mistake of joining what I thought was going to be like a pro-female group that actually turned out to be, whoa, crazy. Um, in a lot of senses, just very out there. Uh, and one of the things, one of the threads, I stayed in it for a little while just to like see where th- the conversations would go. And I was really, really disturbed about one that talked, uh, CB in the, in the chat brings up sonograms. Yeah, it was about sonograms specifically. And the poster was upset that they are state, their state forces them to make them watch the ultrasound, mm-hmm. which they thought was an infringement of their right. I guess their right to not care about the fact that they're killing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was where the thread started. And then the... The replies, it got a ton of replies. And one person brought up that, oh, a loophole around the ultrasound was to convert to Satanism. And then if you, I guess you actually have to do this and show proof. So you have to join the sat- this satanic cult or satanic church or whatever um, to show proof of, of, of this excuse. Um, you basically would have to do some kind of ritual and make it a ritual. And then like, I was shocked. First of all, whoa, 
even if you're not religious, like, I, whoa, like, I'm not going to just like, I, I totally, even if you're not religious, I'm like, I don't deny that there's definitely bad and good in the world. So there's definitely bad in the world. And I would feel some kind of, you know, hesitation to be like, well, let me not just like, even if I don't, if I'm not super religious, I still want to maybe like pump the brakes a little bit before suggesting joining uh, a satanic cult and using this abortion as a ritual for the satanic cult. I'm like, <laughs> you know, maybe possibly, you know, even if there's an infinitesimal possibility that I'm damning myself to something like, it just doesn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> but the overwhelming response, I was just like, what the F? The overwhelming. It got hundreds of likes and comments. Everybody was like, oh my God, I wish I knew about this. This is amazing. I'm going to look into this. I'm totally going to do this. Wow, is what I have to say. Where, How far we have fallen as a society that people celebrate joining a satanic cult just to have the excuse or, the, you know, the, to to not have to look at a sonogram. That's where we're on in the world. So if that's where we're at, I don't even think that people are going to care about this. Yeah, People are going to brush this off because that's where we've come. We have normalized abortion. I can't believe it's a two-way podcast and we're talking about abortion, but it is what it is. Um, this article and this 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 revelation is are you trying to show the cat yeah i'm i've got the cat on the other cat camera cam, for those that, cat cam. for those that can't uh, for those that are on the pod uh, on the audio podcast the cat's going crazy so see i upset. have a problem with that brian brian says brian cook in the chat says you can thank feminism uh betty freed freed freedon would be proud she really is upset that that window is closed you might have to get up and open it you have, to, you have to get it you're closer. <laughs> I shall return. I was talking though. I'm sorry. Oh, I got bit. This is bit. It's the other side. <laughs> I'm breaking it. There we go. She did it, ladies and gentlemen. Room and I don't even know how to open the window. <laughs> oh, there we go. So that's uh, the perils of doing a live show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't think it's your the cat perils. I think it's crazy. the um, the excitement, of the doing awesomeness a live show. of doing a live show. Mm -hmm. You never know what's going to come up. So let's move that over there, and then people can see her and have a good time with that every once in a while. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you can thank feminism. Brian says. Um, cats are drag queens. I gotta, I gotta find out the story behind that, Brian. Robin the Egyptians Williams. did used to worship them, so cats do have some sort of crazy powers. Get rent them through toxoplasmosa. <laughs> um, well, we'll not get into that. We'll, we'll <laughs> give you a whole other conversation about cats and toxoplasmosis. So, feminism. Yeah, I have a, I have, I don't know what happened to feminism because there's. You know, there's a difference. Marxism infected it. That's what happened. How like the heck did else. that happen? Because how is it possible that where, where it went off the rails? I consider myself a feminist in a way, but not the definition that is touted and accepted. It's just 
being proud of where we've come as females and being, you know, very pro-female just, you know, in the sense of, but I'm also, I don't think I am a true feminist because I don't, I don't. Well, the term has been destroyed because really. It's, I do get very upset when sex is used. I get mad at other females when sex is overly used. And I feel like that brings us down as women and how people view us. So I, I think I have a very skewed um, view of feminism because I know a lot of people use feminism like being pro-sex worker and all that. I'm not going to, you know, do whatever you do, but I just have a problem with the visual aspect of it. Like I am so over the OnlyFans and the sex side of Instagram. I some stumble into it every now and then and I get so grossed out um, just because you're creating a culture of females being viewed as sex objects again. And well, I, I think, think that's taking us back. I think the greater problem that I see and that I feel bad for young people now, it's to say young people, not, but you know, people in their like their teens and twenties, I should say that are still like on the dating scene and things like that is that, I feel like it's being really reduced to a, tra a monetary transaction. Like all relationships between men and women are being reduced to that, at least on the internet. And you're creating now a society where if a woman wants anything to be done, she's like, well, you got to pay me to do it. And I'm going to do it that way and make money off of it. And men almost feel like, well, I've got the money. Like, why aren't you giving me what I want? So I feel like that's a culture that we're, that we're creating uh, that's where it becomes a little bit more difficult to have, you know, um, to kind of go go down the libertarian path a little bit. Sometimes the unrestricted freedom path. I think that you have to teach a certain morality, or at least people know like the consequences of these things, and be honest about it. You know, if 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 it leads to long term problems, uh, then we need to be willing to talk about it and be mature about it, uh, because sometimes there are consequences to certain issues, and you know, as long as you're aware of it. You've got to do it. And I think that that's going to be one consequence that we have where uh, you're going to have men and women just respect one another less and less. Um, and they're not going to know how to behave around one another. It's going to become more and more transactional. Um, uh, social media allows a portrayal of things that are not real. People don't look like they do in real life. They don't behave like they do in real life. Uh, and it's just created a skewed... A vision of both sexes with one another and how they feel that things need to be. Uh, it's led to a level of social, social and relation uh, and relationship ineptitude. Um, men and women don't know how to treat one another with respect, let alone themselves with respect that as much anymore. Uh, and they become awkward and things like that. So it's, it's tough. I, I think uh, the kids these days have it tough and, and, you know, it's 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 weird because Joe and I actually met on the internet. Did we ever share that story? I'm sure that I'm we did sure a long time. Have. I'm sure that we did a long time ago in one of our early episodes. But you know, we met online, so we're we're not opposed to that or anything. But it's just uh, it's changed radically, and there's something to to be said about uh, living, being basically part of the last generation that straddled the line between the internet and the analog way of doing things. You know, where you used to have to still kind of court with people, meet them in person all the time. And uh, a phone call would sometimes be, you know, your parents listening in on your call to make sure that nobody's saying anything bad uh, and things like that. And you not owning cell phones and, you know, being more restricted um, either because you physically had to go do things in person or, you know, you didn't have as much, I guess, freedom uh, in a sense that technology can give you. But, you know, sometimes that freedom and power leads to 
consequences that you're not ready for, especially as a young adult. And uh, now we've created a society that nobody was really prepared for. So we won't see the repercussions of it for decades. It might be really good. It might be really bad. And uh, so far, it, it doesn't seem like it's been entirely great. So we'll find out. So yeah, this has been a really interesting uh, episode where we basically didn't talk about guns for more than like... Well, it's the Saturday minutes. night spiciness. That's how it is. So, And we talk about a lot of other issues because ultimately it comes down to freedom. It comes down to culture and how all these things are, are, are affecting one another. By the way, I appreciate that... Um, Razor and Brian in the in the chat were talking about the cat and that's <laughs> why I love you guys. Um, the talking about getting a Ritsu a partner, and I desperately want her to have a friend, um, a, a little partner, a little kitten, mm-hmm. and also because I I would like. I mean, she was raised by Rolando. Rolando had her before we were. Um, living together before we got married. Mm-hmm. So she's very much attached to Rolando. He had her as a kitten. I mean, I was around, but it's a di- it's different. So I'm convinced that she sees me as the other woman because if I come to bed later, like she sleeps on my side of the bed and she looks at me like affronted, like I just kicked her out of bed. <laughs> so, and her relationship with Rolando is like, she adores her dad and she loves me, but it's definitely a different kind of relationship. So... Rolando has to like, yeah, well, one day you'll have your own kid. Maybe we'll get you a little boy and you get to raise it and it'll be your cat. And uh, I would love that, but I've actually seen her interact with other cats and she's vicious. She's a beast. She's not huge, but she... She's not afraid of anything. She's not afraid of anything. Like she will like, she's not afraid of dogs. She's not afraid of anything. So she's, uh, I'm terrified of her killing a kitten. So, or mauling it to death. Yeah, Well, because uh, she tries to take out my parents' cat whenever we're there. And Zena's a sweetheart. She's totally passive. Even I mean, her small meals. I've seen yeah. her have fights. And Zena will, will defend herself. But I think it's also because uh, she was kind of like raised by my parents' dog, Apollo. So she acts kind of dog-like sometimes. Even her mannerisms, the way she folds her paws, that's the way that Apollo, uh, my parents' dog, does it. So she spent a ton of time with him. So yeah, maybe, maybe G-Webs is right. Maybe a small dog uh, or a dog would be the way to go. Perhaps. A retriever. Or something like that. That's a good or idea. Or a dog like Apollo. That that kind of mix. Because he's like a German Shepherd mixed with like a Labrador. Whatever the, the feral dog mix that, that you end up with a generic like black German Shepherd looking like creature. Whatever it is. Big. Whether it's a cat or a dog, we're going to rescue it. And yeah. we'll probably wait until we have a little bit bigger cause place. Cause oh, I'd like a yard for them to play around yeah. in. So that would be a lot, a lot of fun. So, but she definitely gets along with dogs. Like she doesn't have a problem with them at all. Like she, she goes in with Apollo and like smacks him in the face and, and he'll like push her. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll like push her down and like, they have a good time. So, uh, so he's a good boy and he gets along with her and he's always been good with cats. So yeah, he's a gentle soul. So you want to talk about our pop culture segment now? Oh yeah. So let's talk about this. So. We know that a lot of you probably, it just came out on HBO Max. Uh, so we'll try to avoid as many spoilers as, as we possibly can. Uh, we'll probably just play the trailer. and. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I don't like trailers. No, we'll tra- play the trailer first so that we can see what things are revealed in the trailer so we don't feel bad about talking about something. So let's bring that up. 
Is it going to have sound? Yeah, well, they said the sound worked earlier when I played the other video off okay. of YouTube, so I guess it's working now. So, yeah, let's play this one. Uh, well, this one's I watched just like a 10-second teaser, so I was actually completely um, surprised at the twist, quote-unquote, uh, because I saw, you see how it shows that original team, but they do show Edger's Elba. Yeah, okay, so, uh, well, let's just get into it real quick. So the Suicide Squad is actually... A it's not a remake, it's like a, it, it, it's... It's technically a sequel. It's a sequel, yeah. It, it almost feels like a soft reboot because the tone of the movie is different. Um, but you have a lot of the same characters came back and you have a lot of new characters. It's basically a continuation um, because it's realistic. It's the Suicide Squad. People are going to die doing these crazy missions that uh, Viola Davis's character is asking them to do. Mm-hmm. So... Clearly, you're going to have new people joining the squad. And it clearly shows that in the first 10 minutes of the movie, like 10 people die um, that you thought were going to be main characters. And you're like, oh my God. Robert Dubois is in prison for putting Superman in the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. Not joining your suicide. Let's know if this sounds good. We'll see. My court need is coming up. And Miss Wallace and maybe you can help me out. I wouldn't take such extreme measures if this mission went more important than you could possibly imagine. Are you in or out? Good. Let's meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. Two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, they shot me next to a werewolf? Yo, let me out! Yeah, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but, you know. Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. No. All right. Let's get it. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. I'm a superhero! my dad. I'm going to get you out of real life. I'm going to get you out of here alone. Ratatouille, what do you got? Bird. Now, now it. Stay off the comp. So, yeah. I actually think they didn't show too much. I mean, I have a problem with trailers now. I try not to watch trailers uh, before a movie because... You still don't know what the heck is going on in the You movie still don't know. Trailer. They yeah. did a good job, but I try to avoid watching trailers because um, I think it was not F9. I, I By the way, I have 
a love of the Fast and the Furious series. I mean, the cheesiness, the cheesiness. <laughs> but I go back all the way to the first Fast and Furious. I mean, I have literally a few, very few movies that I can quote, and that's one of them. Like Fast and Furious One, I love that movie. Um, where am I going with this? Okay, so I think it was the last one I saw. I did not watch F9. I have issues with the series now. But I think it was the number eight where I I watched the trailer and like 90% of the movie was in the trailer. Like the best parts of the movie were in the trailer. And that was, uh, yeah, bad. Because I was like, <laughs> I saw all of the movie in a trailer. So anyway, so I think this one did pretty good. It didn't reveal a lot. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I freaking loved this movie. It has to be, and I, it makes sense now. I didn't even realize that James Gunn was a director until just after I watched the movie. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I, I didn't realize. tell Joe anything about it, and she kind of went in with like, oh, yeah. Uh, they All I knew is that Margot was going to be in it. Margot Robbie was reprising her role, and that this was going to be the last time she was going to do it. That's all I knew about it. Yeah, according um, to her. According to her. Yeah, so... Razor, JB, give it a chance. It was awesome. It was funny. It was action-packed. It was stupid in a good way. I was entertained the whole time. I think if you enjoyed uh, the humor style of Guardians of the Galaxy, I think Deadpool- Guardian Ga Guardians well, of the Galaxy 1. It's Deadpool and, Guard and the first Guardians of the Galaxy combined is the best way that I would say it because- if you don't like gratuitous violence like Deadpool, then you won't enjoy it. That's for sure. Uh, but if you're okay with that, uh, then, you know, then you'll be fine. So if you're cool with Deadpool's over-the-top violence uh, and kind of ridiculousness and you accept it for that regard and then you enjoy the sense of humor of Guardians of the Galaxy and you can imagine that taken to a rated R level, then that's essentially what you have here. Um I, I liked the cast. Uh, I thought it was really good. It was unexpected. The first Suicide Squad was awful. Uh, I, I did like the cast of the first one as well. Some people are back reprising their roles. I'm a big fan of Idris Elba in any movie that he's in, so I, I, I can't even uh, say anything bad about him. I really enjoyed his character, Bloodshot. He was kind of your typical. He, it was similar to Will Smith's character in the first one. I believe he was Bullseye. Was that it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so he was kind of similar uh, in in that regard, but he's still Idris Elba, so he's his I, own guy, and he was more badass. He, he was, was like Deathstroke. I, was about to say, I am sorry, yeah. but Idris Elba. If you're gonna compare Bloodshot to um, no, I meant like his archetype. Like I'm the stoic leader of the group, and yeah, I worry no, about my family just, and all that yeah, kind of the, stuff. The, yeah. yeah, but if you're gonna compare both characters, Bloodshot kicks his butt. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He's like Deathstroke. Uh, he, he's like Deathstroke and a Mandalorian combined. I would yeah. say is is kind of his character and his capabilities. He doesn't even use weapons that he doesn't use any normal guns. His suit basically can reconfigure itself and create different guns from a crazy pistol that he has. that looks like a key just the way that it's held almost like a, you know, a giant key that you would put in to a, you know, regular assault rifles to science fiction looking weapons that have rotating explosive rounds that shoot the slingshot. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got his slingshot. That's pretty amazing. That's on his arm. So he's pretty awesome. His chemistry with John Cena's character, Peacekeeper or Peacemaker? Peacemaker. Peacemaker 
is is pretty awesome. It, that, and, I mean, I'm telling you when I say that this movie was funny, it's funny. I like, think the, the one-liners the, the one-liners are great. It felt like a video game. G Webs described it as a graphic novel. I yeah. think that that's perfect. There were moments where I felt like it was that like the Hitman game that we were going to play. They had to infiltrate different places and things were over the top and and things like that. I did like the fact that Harley Quinn was almost like the second main character. So she was almost like not, there, she there was, was not the main was, character it this felt time. Like, because I'm not going to try to reveal what, you know, yeah. no spoilers or try to, or very few spoilers. There was almost like two timelines that converged. So that's yeah. why Harley was like the main character of the first storyline and Idris was the, the main character from the second storyline mm-hmm. and it kind of came together. Yeah. Um, so that was really cool. So, yes. and you got to see the different interactions between um, Flag and Harley. I thought that was really cool just awesome their chemistry as as friends mm-hmm. um and then the chemistry that you see developed between the new characters was also really nice yeah. uh as far as guns like i said idris elba had something that wasn't realistic john mm-hmm. cena had his ridiculous suppressed desert eagle that he that he ran around with and he and idris also had like machete type blades and swords and things like that that they used there are some really great fight scenes and some great one-liners uh, where I'm not going to spoil what happened, but I will spoil the one-liner because I think it's one of my favorite one-liners now where uh, John Cena used a very spectacular way to take somebody out and Idris Elba goes up to him and he's like, well, you know, there's no need to show off or something like that. And then John Cena says something to the extent he's like, there's always a need to show off if it looks really damn cool. And then Idris Elba turns away goes, and he goes like, F. He's like, frack, he's right. (laughs) And it was just so great to see like stupid one-liners like that or things that like people would actually do. Oh, look there. She's trying to take the flag out again, Joe. She's a communist. No, she she just loves, hey, we have to spray her. (laughs) She always likes to grab the flag when I hang it there because she likes blankets or things like that. So she's going for it again, Joe. You're going to have to. She's good. Yeah, I don't even um, have to score her. I just scored it near her. So G has brought up the hallway scene. I think that's actually uh, Harley gets into a pretty epic battle. And it let me start out with the fact that she was held captive and was getting tortured, and she managed to escape her torture and then just basically kill everybody. It was nice, like one shot um, transition. It wasn't scene. really one shot because it, you know, it wasn't one of those, you know. Yeah. But it, it felt like. Uh, Mm -hmm. This just continuous flow. And I think a lot of people don't understand Harley's character that well. I have been a Harley fan since I was a kid and I have been annoyed. I mean, I have this love, love, hate relationship with the Suicide Squad um, because it like it made Harley super mainstream and then it, it just became like a thought costume well did that make it mainstream or did yes. no, 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 no. kevin conroy's batman no. kind of made her where was where was margo's first scene well no no i'm saying in in the nerd space what really made harley quinn a popular character was kevin conroy's the animated the batman animated series where do you think i'm going with this yeah okay so she ex- it's not that she became a popular character she was originated for the 1990s batman or mm-hmm. the animated series that is her origin so that's where I knew her from. And yeah. her and Poison Ivy were my girls. They were the villains, but they were also, I think the, the if you haven't watched the Batman, the animated series, it had a good uh, 
it did really well for characterization and it really did humanize Poison Ivy and uh, Harley's characters a lot. So she, even when she was a villain, she was my fa- one of my favorite characters and she always was. I, when back when we went co- to cons, I cosplayed as her and that was well before the, you know, the the daddy's little monster tea and the, the pudding choker and all that stuff. She was, yeah, CB in the... And the chat says she was a jester costume. Yeah, she had the jester costume. And I used to do cosplay with the jester costume. And yeah, she was always sexy, but it was a little bit less. I don't I'm know. Just playing in the background. The and I cartoon. don't have a problem with how Margot represented Harley. I mean, I love Margot's. I think she does a fantastic job. Um, but a lot of people don't get that Harley is just a freaking badass. And by the way, she does have an, a best friend relationship with Poison Ivy. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. And is she giving her the serum? She yes. actually gets powers from Poison Ivy's serum. But she, her background is that she's, I know a lot of people know that she's a psychologist. No, sorry, psychiatrist. She's a genius. She's actually incredibly intelligent. But she's also has a background as a gymnast. Um, so you get to see that in that scene where, what did I say? I kept saying she's incredibly like physically powerful, um, because she was able to pull herself straight upwards. She was being hung on a chain by her hands and she was able to basically pull herself straight upward and then pull like a, like what you call the black widow, but that's a a move, you know, even from uh, golden eye, uh, the main villain, the, the girl from GoldenEye, she used to kill people by strangulating. Valentina or whatever? No, her, her name, name was not Valentina. Oh. Uh, on the top. Oh, yeah. Zanya on the top. Yeah. She yeah, used to kill right. people by strangulating them with her thighs. Yep. So she did the same thing. She wrapped her legs around uh, one of the bad guys and strangulated them to death and then used her amazing gymnast prowess and was able to unlock her hands you know, with her feet. So it was really, really cool. I, got, I really appreciated that scene because it just showed more of her than just being a deranged crazy person like she's incredibly powerful mm-hmm. she's incredibly strong um and also i think the movie showed her conflicted nature you got to see that a lot in the animated series she um had a hard time being a villain sometimes like she was very much a great character and you got to see that very much i'm not going to spoil it but she you think she's going to do something and then she basically doesn't yeah. and turns up to be a good person. Yeah, she I was... She has a very strange moral compass, though. Yes. You know, she does a great job. I think Margot Robbie does a great job of... Uh, I just don't like that girls just thoughticize it, if I can say that, or that's just the main thing, like a mainstream thing to, like, a costume, and they don't get... Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really understand what a profound character she is. And I, I mean, I know I'm talking about a comic book character, but, you know, she has a lot of character development and... Well, you're, it's it's why she's such a popular uh, villain. Yeah. In all the series, so actually, she's fantastic too in the um, in the Arkham, Arkham Asylum mm-hmm. series. Those are great games. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, then she has uh, what G Web's called the hallway of death scene, mm-hmm. and it was done like he said as a graphic novel. They had this really cool thing where she's basically going down the hallway. Was she shooting an M sixteen? She okay. She, she had the scene. She started like with it was she the started two Berettas, right? Yeah, yeah. She had two Berettas. I'm sorry, you want to? I'm, I'm like hogging. No, no. I'm trying to think. Yeah, she yeah, started. She started out with two Berettas, and yeah. she's doing. 
I mean, this is done so many times in movies, like um, the dual wielding. The dual wielding, like in Underworld, we had um, the scene where oh my god, what's the main character? We just talked about Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale's character, Celine, uh, mm-hmm. is doing that infamous scene where she's basically like spinning around, like spinning around with the guns, the two full the limitless Glocks. bullets yeah. of the two Glocks, the limitless magazines of the two Glocks shooting at the floor to blow the floor like a hole in the floor so she can like jump down. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. But the uh, I think that the scene with the two uh, the two Berettas that she was doing, I was counting the shots and she never went over the realistic. I mean, granted, do I think she's gonna kill everybody just one handing two Berettas? I don't know. Maybe she's like, she's a superhero and she may have, not superhero, super villain. She did get mm-hmm. um, the chemical bath that Joker gave her, so that may have given her superpowers. In this universe, I don't know if she has superpowers granted to her by Poison mm-hmm. Ivy's serum, and the fact that she's incredibly strong, which you see with her gymnast moves. So can she shoot? Can she dual wield two Berettas and kill everybody with one shot? I mean, <laughs> okay, maybe she can. 26 rounds, it was real. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, I was really grateful that they didn't make it ridiculous like it could be a ridiculous scene with guns and i was like they, i didn't find anything ridiculous well, from it I think besides did, the fact that she was super accurate yeah they well i think the gunplay is not anything that you complain about con- um considering the type of movie it was and it wasn't so over the top because they had so many other things people had powers idris had his crazy morphing weapon his morphing gun I mean, there's, you so definitely the guns have to were like suspend. Kind of, no, no, but what I'm saying is Edris Alba's guns were, from the get-go, not even trying to be real. Like, oh, yeah. that was just, you know, his suit of armor had all these. He had two guns here, and then he had pieces. There was that one scene where he was just slapping pieces onto the gun, and the gun becomes um, whatever so it was he like wants it like to be. almost like a grenade launcher yeah. almost, yeah. So he, you have to suspend... Uh, reality or the belief of reality when it comes to Edris Elba's Bloodsport character. Um, John Cena's character used realistic guns. I think there was a, we'll talk about the great scene. What, with the what, whether it's tactical or not to use to run around with the suppressed desert eagle. Yes, but at least it was realistic. Like Edris was more very comic booky. Yeah. Um, Peacemaker was, you know, more realistic in terms of what he used. Going back to realistic guns, the hallway scene, she did. Uh, go from Berettas to M16s. Again, dual wielding two M16s. She must be a very strong lady is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I could not, I would definitely need to use one hand. And now on that one, I do not know the ammo count. G-Webs, I don't know if you counted. I definitely didn't. Because at that point- she I had, had 60 rounds at least though. Yeah, so there must problem, have been yeah. definitely extended double barrel magazine clips. <laughs> Um, because basically she just blew everybody now, away. Now, G-Webs, don't, don't, if I'm not mistaken, didn't it look like near the beginning when John Cena debuted his Desert Eagle, it looked like a suppressed Desert Eagle that had another suppressor on top of it? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, so. It was like, it was like, I don't, I don't forget what suppressor it was that we were watching. Uh, yeah, so it, it started. from, I, f- I forgot what channel that we were watching. It was a suppressor video and it had pieces and you could just keep adding pieces and make it longer, longer, longer yeah. or shorter as needed. Maybe it was kind of one of those things that had but, multiple. But, but the weird thing is that it was a regular like cylindrical suppressor at the beginning on top of the suppressor that looks like the barrel of the Desert Eagle. So you can buy some suppressors that kind of match the contour of the gun so it just looks like it's a long slide or a long barrel. 
But and also, uh, uh, but it low definitely profile. looked like it, it had, had low profile one, so it doesn't block the the sights. Yeah, but it looked like he had two suppressors, and then by the end, he just had the suppressor that kind of is integral with the. Uh, it was a, oh, a long slide with a long suppressor. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe in the end, it wasn't a suppressor on there. Um, we'll talk about the caliber thing in a second. So just going back to Margot, uh, that was a really cool scene. Um, again, suspended. she started with like an RPG or a law, like she always does too. In the, in the but that was at the, the very, movie. very beginning. Yeah. She's but just, that's her thing. She always yeah. has like a grenade launcher or an RPG or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously uh flag, he was running around. He's your regular special ops guy. So he was running around with like a modified M4, um, you know, probably set up in I your normal configuration. It. Looked like it had, uh, an EOTech site or something uh -huh. like that. And then any other characters you just guns besides those guys? No, they were fighting against, you know, it was your typical uh, communist or dictatorship in South America on an island kind of thing. So they had your regular things. They were using uh, Hummers, M16s. I did see that a few of their, like, more elite guys looked like they had Tavors. Um Fouls. With like EOTex, oh yeah, they had a few guys had fouls at the end. You're right, yeah, and, and you know, when the military was like confronting them, so yeah, that's pretty much what I saw. But as far, uh, I think Flag had a had a Glock as his sidearm. He had a regular like Glock 19 or Glock 17. I think I saw at one point. So yeah, yeah, they had M16s. Yeah, the the typical military. Yeah, typical South American. The CIA gave us weapons at some point, so we've got Hummers and. Uh, and M16s. So, so let's talk about the one of the final things. I'm not going to say who, and because it's a big spoiler, but there is a final confrontation between two characters, and it became a caliber war. So, <laughs> uh, it was a 50 caliber and versus a. I'll just say who one of the people are. It was, um, it, well, it looked like, who knows what that was, but it probably was, like a, It was, like I said, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to spoil at least one. No, no, you can't spoil this. You okay, can't. so it was a non-existent round that was very small, that was not identified. Um, and basically, the bo both bullets went up against each other and hit themselves, like, straight on. And the smaller bullet basically went through the 50 cal and destroyed it. And uh, kept going and hit the person and killed them. Mm -hmm. And then as they're dying, they were like, why? How? I think he said how. And he goes, smaller caliber. <laughs> so uh, I was like, I wonder. Well, a smaller, faster bullet. Yeah. Because, it, well, it, if we're being honest in G-Webs, you can say this. When I saw the rounds going through the air in that one scene, it definitely was like. It looked like a two two three to me, just the way that a regular bow tail two two three looks the like, shape, yes. and and the size of it being like half the diameter of the fifty. So it, to me, it was like a two two three going through. So it definitely have to have a speed advantage to actually go through and and beat the fifty. Yeah, and it was probably like an armor piercing round. So yeah, there you go. Depleted uranium rounds. Brian Quick says. Uh, Harder yeah. battle, maybe CB in the chat says. It was really cool. But I thought that would be an interesting conversation to have. I know there's always caliber wars, uh, but the 50 died. The 50, <laughs> the 50, the 50 got owned. Mm -hmm. Smaller caliber for the win, literally. Speed, well, speed speed trumps everything. That's why yeah. 223 is still a, a viable round. Yeah, so there you go. Maybe somebody one day who's incredibly sharpshooting can shoot two two rounds at each other. I don't know how the heck they would do that, but... um. 
What was it? William Tell with the uh, with the arrows. Yeah, so the arrows split each other, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. If it can be done, someone should do it. Not Top us. Shot did Top Shot did splitting a bullet with an axe. I could see that. Yeah, remember? So yeah, you could do a bullet with a bullet. That's true. It could have been like a guided rounds because it was. Uh, there are were alien weapons, or we think that they're super futuristic. So, but anyway, we liked the movie. I thought it was great. I think if this had been like the first Suicide Squad or if James Gunn had done it, I'm, the I'm franchise would have so been so it, uh, different. It it made, I think it was, the budget was $185 million. And it's, it's never going to make that. It's only made 18.5 because who, no one's going to the movie theaters and this HBO gig thing. I mean, this is why Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney right now, if you haven't heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their contracts are based on box office success. And would this movie have made up the 185? I don't know. In regular times, probably. Maybe, yeah. I think 185 would have made it, yeah. I mean, I didn't know about this at all. I'm like, were they not promoting it? But I don't watch TV, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. And my YouTube is ad-free because I pay a subscription. So um, did you guys know about it? I didn't know about it. It just came out of nowhere. I saw it on IG. That was pretty much the only place I saw it. Like this week, right? Uh, I saw it like a month ago, but I really was skeptical about it. And because I watched some of the other pop cultural channels, people mentioned it, but it was kind of on the DL because pop culture, <laughs> YouTube and Twitter was more concerned about the um, the He-Man series and the debacle that was. Uh, really interesting side notes. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw for the nerds out there, Nathan Fillion was in it. He's TKD. Yeah, he made a cameo. I, I, I knew it. I was like, oh man, that's Nathan Fillion. Uh Jay Courtney reprised his role as Captain Boomerang. Obviously, we talked about Yellow Do- uh, Davis. The, the weasel c- a creature that you saw is played by James Gunn's uh, brother. Sean Gunn. And <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, no freaking way. If anybody remembers, Sean Gunn was also in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Was he, uh, what, did, what did he do in Guardians of the Galaxy? I forgot. I don't remember. I'm thinking of. Um, he was one of the characters, one of the crew, wasn't he? Well, I'm thinking of um, of Thor, uh, of the Thor movie. God, which one? Um, Thor Ragnarok. He was Kraglin. Yeah, but no, no, that was the director. Titi, uh, whatever his name is. Gosh, I always forget how to pronounce his in name. In Thor and in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's the same character. His name is Kraglin. Oh, I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of uh, the, the rock, rock guy. guy. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. You're correct. There you go. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if TK. See, I don't know the Marvel characters. Uh, I, I don't know the DC characters. I should say as as well. And like I said, my DC experience is really the more serious uh, Batman Batman series. So Kevin Conroy Batman with Mark Hamill as the Joker and the video game, the Arkham series of video games is actually a continuation of that storyline. So Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, and the uh, and the, the woman who played Harley Quinn, they reprised their roles. I'm not sure if Poison Ivy reprises her role in those games, but I know that those two do. Um, I think Nathan Fillion might be in those games too, voicing somebody. Um, so. We also have uh, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, we have John Cena. And anybody else of note? I feel like I'm missing. Oh, uh, Pete Davidson, if you guys are from... Uh, Saturday Night Live fame. Yeah, the, that was the guy that made the uh, the joke at um, at Congressman. Oh, gosh, how could I? I had his name in my head with the eye patch from Texas. 
How could we forget his name? Yeah, I know. It's pretty bad. Pretty awful. I'm just totally drawing a blank today. Yeah. Uh, Pete Davidson was the one that had the the beef with uh, with the congressman from Texas. And... Uh, and t- you know the thing, Crenshaw. Yeah, Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw. Yeah, how could we forget that? Uh, so, yeah, he was the one that had the beef with Dan Crenshaw, and then Crenshaw went on uh, Saturday Night Live. I made fun of him. For Batman Beyond, uh, older Bruce Wayne, who would I want? Uh, as oh, Didn't Kevin Conroy what? reprise his no, role in that? No way. What? This can't be right. What? It said, okay, this can't be right. Who this else is, is in the movie? This is Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. Really? I can't believe that. That's There's awesome. No, 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 this has to be wrong. I have to look at That's incredible. So yeah, the shark dude that you saw in the trailers is apparently Sylvester Stallone. I don't I don't believe that. That's amazing. Nanui. What was the uh the show that had oh Street Sharks? That was the one from the nineties that had anthropomorphic that. sharks. Yes. yes. Oh my god, what a weird show. You're like the Ninja Turtles, but they were sharks. Yeah, so that yeah, was it was nice. Sylvester Stallone. Wow, what the, like, there you why go. is that not even promoted? Well, because it's like it's like uh, Vin Diesel being Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's exactly what but James Gunn promoted. Gunn tried that to do. I knew that. Yeah, that's like that's a big name. That's an A. Well, is he still an A? I still consider him. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, well, it, it's still a cool thing to throw in there. That's crazy. I did not. I mean, I like. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um. And shout out to all the Meltons in the world. That's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the movie just did a lot of great things. It's one to watch and then really pay attention to. I have to watch it again. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I liked it so much. I don't like to watch movies more than once if I don't like a movie. I am going to watch this probably like 10 times. Yeah. Uh, It did a good job as kind of like calling itself out in certain pieces or at least calling out the situation that they were in. So in that sense, I almost felt like their banter was actually pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. Knowing how snarky people are nowadays and even kind of the banter that, you know, that gallows humor of like, well, we're in a really bad situation here, but screw it. Like, we're going to joke around about stuff because it's just really effed up. And like, what, what else can we really do here? And I, and I really enjoyed that. So I think uh, that's a lot of what James Gunn uh, is, is pretty good at. I'm also really glad that... Um Viola Davis's character. I always forget her. I always think of her as uh, Amanda Waller. Oh, Finally she's gets, so bad. She's awful. I, I mean, the whole time that I'm watching her, I'm just being like, I freaking hate this character. I freaking hate this character. I know she's supposed to be a good character, but she's terrible. Like, she's a terrible human being. Even in the original, like, every time you've ever seen her in this, in this, um, in the DC world, she's been a terrible person. And all I got to say is, if you feel the same way about Amanda Waller, you will enjoy a particular scene where she gets her comeuppance. Yes. Uh, if you're an animal lover and if you like the Secret of Nim movies, <laughs> you'll also like this movie. <laughs> so uh, I thought, okay, so there's a there's a character called Ratcatcher 2. It's a female. She's a millennial. It's cute because they, they she's always sleepy and, and, you know, like not really with it. And it's like, that's the, little trope with the millennialness of it. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. I take a lot of naps. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, she, her superpower is that she can control rats and she's got a cute little rat pet that has a little backpack on. And the whole time I'm saying it's so cute. And it's, I really is cute. If, um, but even the characters in the movie were like, but he's so cute. Like, how can you, who, who cares? That he's a rat. 
So it's funny too that uh, that people are like that. But a uh, fun fact: I used to have a pet rat, and I w- rescued it. What was his it. name? It was Jerry with a J, because mm-hmm. of Tom and Jerry. So mm-hmm. I named him Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to name my my pets uh, human names. So, uh, actually, I called him when I was being serious. I called him Gerald, mm-hmm. and then when I was just being cute, his name is Jerry. And uh, before that, I had a hamster, and his name was Simon Bolivar. <laughs> That's so what funny. I named him. That's like uh, in "I Love You, Man." He called his uh, Jason Siegel's character called his dog Amor Sadat. Yeah, so it looked like Amor Sadat. Yeah. <laughs> but this movie made me want to have another pet rat. Obviously, I can't have one because I have a cat now. Mm-hmm. But I have to go uh, to the dog. Yeah, if you have a, a fear of rats. Uh, and they trigger you, please be warned. There's a lot of rats in this movie. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you can't handle that, do not watch the movie. Um, and you'll probably, if you don't have a fear of rats, you'll get to see the, the cute side because there's definitely is a cute side. Now, I used to be grossed out by rodents. And then after having two as pets, um, I'll tell you that they're pretty adorable and very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Besides that, we enjoyed it. Uh, the The big villain thing that if, if you want at first you're like this is freaking crazy but it's actually a pretty terrifying implementation oh we, we're not going to reveal that but and of course it showcases once again that the u.s government is shady yes that's all yes. i'm gonna say yes the u.s government does crazy things like uh financing experiments in other countries um and trying to say that maybe things originated from wet markets, but they really didn't. They came from laboratories. <laughs> so this is a story that we've heard before, isn't it? It sounds kind of similar. And how many times have we heard about the CIA interfering in South America and causing problems? I don't know. Maybe it sounds uh, it sounds kind of familiar to me. So it's kind of that story. Pretty cool stuff. Definitely recommend it. Uh, we enjoyed it a lot. Now we have to go back and we have to watch The Tomorrow War, even though we're like two months behind on that one. Sorry, G-Webs. Uh, we do need to watch The Bad Batch, but we've been holding off on it because it's the two-part season finale. So we kind of want to watch uh, both episodes when the final episode comes out next week uh, when Joe gets back from her trip. So we're saving that one, but I've heard it is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all we have for Pop Culture Corner. And... Um, Next week, I will be back and on our regular time. So we'll be back on Sunday mm-hmm. and same time, 8 yep. p.m. Yep. 8 p.m. Listen to me. No, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Come it's on, It's only Joe. been a year and I don't know when we do our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we'll try to watch. I'm going to be gone all week. But maybe we'll watch something now because we're, we're finishing the show. I know it's a little bit uh, shorter than the usual show, but, uh, but we're probably going to do a, a few things here. Joe needs to pack. She's got to leave uh, tomorrow. And uh, obviously, w- what are we very excited for coming up on September? The for those of you... Th- for, wait, let's see if you remember what the holiday is. What's the holiday that it falls on? Labor Day. Thank you. <laughs> so on Labor Day, as a refresher, we have the Solutionary Summit here in Miami held at the Marriott? Yes. The W? The Marriott? It's a very nice hotel. Oh, my God. I just, oh, my God. I'm supposed to get a hotel room there, and I totally forgot. Jeez. Yeah, that's right. We want to stay there uh, uh, before so we don't have to go I'll anywhere. I got on my computer and try to figure it out. But anyway, I digress. So it 
you are available in September, the first week of September during Labor Day weekend, the Solutionary Summit will be held at, still doesn't say, the beautiful city of Miami, uh, the Miami Marriott Biscayne Bay Hotel and Conference Center. Conference Center. Yeah, it's got uh, all that cool stuff. Oh, that's really nice, actually. Yes. Cool. And we will be participating as official media for the event. The other two media sources will be Fox News and Sirius News FM. X- Sirius XM. What did I say? FM. Well, I'm tired. Sirius <laughs> XM with Sonny Johnson. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty excited about that. This is a huge, 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 huge leap for us in terms of uh, as a podcast. Um, we're really excited about interviewing some people. Um, very excited about uh, Kimberly Klasik and Sonny Johnson and Eric July and Olivia and a whole bunch of other people. Angela Stanton. Oh, okay. They upgraded the up, up updated. updated the, the, it looks the, like they updated the website. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's going to be really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's on that. So they've only partially updated it. I feel so. like it took people off the website. Because there was that same number of people on it before. Yes. I think maybe they can only fit nine at a time. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go on uh, Maj's IG, he does have... What? Brian Quick says, stay at the Hotel Mutiny. It's haunted by dead narco traficantes. I think I'll pass, Brian, but that does sound very interesting. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, so if you go on Maj's IG, he does have some video. I think made. I think it's made by Visuals by Jay, is it? Uh, I believe it is, but I'm not 100% sure. So, But it does have a, a better lineup, uh, a better show of the lineup. Mm-hmm. I think some people aren't on here. There's more. Larry Sharp, that's yep. going to be really cool. Yep. Eric July, I would love to talk to him again. We we got to be interviewed by Eric July. Not that it was ever released. Um, that was when that January was right, 6th <laughs> occurred. Right by, uh, yes, it happened exactly right before that. Rhonda's going to be there. Cal from um, Taylor Defense. Ta- Taylor Defense. Yeah, he's going to be there. And obviously, the main man himself, Maj Jure, yep. and more special guests. So we're looking forward to that and documenting as much of that as we can. Yep. And we yeah. will. Oh, we'll, Dave, uh, yeah, of course, Devin's going to be there. Yep. And uh, we will try to live stream as much as possible, depending on uh, the reception that we've got there. At a minimum, we'll record everything. Uh, it should be hours of content. Uh, so we will. Try to shoot pretty much. There's going to be different speaker panels and things like that. So when people aren't on stage, we're going to try to grab them, sit them down. There's going to be a gun portion to the program. As yes. Well. Yes. There's going to be training. I believe last time they had uh, cert pistols and they did uh, training within the crowd. Uh, Maj really wants a lot of people to, 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 you know, as many people to show up for the event as possible. So we're going to have uh, that, that training portion. There's going to be a lot of freedom oriented panels. A lot of people that you can see there on different sides of the issue. A lot of controversial figures. Uh, so uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm really excited to speak to uh, to a lot of the people that are going to be there. I think it will be a great opportunity to uh, bring our audience a lot of different people they might have spoken to, bring us to different audiences as well, and to kind of establish relationships with other people that are in the freedom space, maybe make them more pro-2A uh, if they're not uh, uh, big on 2A or make them talk about it more and, and try to spread our message to uh, different audiences and different people out there. So it should be a lot of fun. And yeah, we're just looking forward to it. I know there's a lot of other uh, big events happening. 
uh, that weekend. There's the NRAM. Uh, there's the NRAM. There's going to be the TGC panel and um, another, uh, I think, 2A, 2A panel that I think Tony Simon may be a part of. It's, uh, it's well. a very busy to a weekend. YouTuber panel as well. So it's a very busy weekend for two way stuff, advocacy stuff. So I think the community is going to be stretched in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that means that there's going to be awesome stuff for you guys to watch for people that can't make it to any of these events. So people are bound to d- record and document. So that's going to be a great week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and we'll be filming a lot of uh, B roll and things like that uh, when we're not doing our show. So be sure to uh, to check that out. And if it's Something that you see, it might be, who knows where the event will be next year. Uh, it will be something awesome that you can check out. It's so. pretty interesting, Brian Webbs. He said uh, he read a book entitled Hotel Scarface. It's primarily about the Mutiny Hotel. A lot of the cocaine cowboy shenanigans occurred there during the 70s and 80s. I love history like that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. Oh, yeah. Miami has a long, long history of, uh, of, uh, of, gangster, of, of gangster culture with the cartels and things like that and organized crime. So I'm sure that there are a lot of... Interesting tidbits out there. So what are we going to do now, Joe? What 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 do we have to look forward to? Oh, there's also going to be some upcoming events or an upcoming event in October. I'm just waiting for confirmation before I can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there'll be, if it all goes well, um, there'll be something uh, in October as well yep. for you guys. So, yeah. And uh, we're, man, we need to get more range time. We have not gone to the range since we've pretty much gotten our SIGs. I think that was the last time. So want to produce more content. Oh, we actually have our first product review that we're going to get, aren't we? Yes, we are. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know. I guess we can talk about it. There was nothing that said we couldn't. So we've seen a lot of people. This is a product that Joe has wanted to try out for a long time. I have been wanting this for a while. So this is yeah. actually really cool because um, it's we got approached by the company. Yeah, Mantis approached us to review. And I know they've been going to a lot of people, so. Uh, But I have seen this product and I have thought it's cool and I am all about trying it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's going to be upcoming. It should be getting to us pretty soon. And if we have, I'm going to be out of town. That's unfortunate, but uh, I will be. I think it gets here on Wednesday. Okay. So that's some upcoming, that's some upcoming project. That's not going to be live. It's going to be, obviously you can't shoot live or do anything holding a gun live on YouTube, but we will be producing a, um, a video about that and I'm really excited about it because I am all about dry firing and practicing at home because one, the ammo shortage and two time. Um, and three, I personally don't like indoor ranges because I just feel like, especially after getting our RSO course and hearing about the history, like the, the background about how, certain ranges around here are run. I'm not going to say names, <laughs> but I heard some stories about, um, what's it called? I've heard stories about the filtration center uh, system and I just feel really uncomfortable about that right now. So, uh, I can't wait until eventually we have a place that we can shoot like in our backyard or something like that. That's the end goal for us. If you were wondering. Yep. Um, but that's eventually would be best case scenario. Um, like I was talking to Clover Tech a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and he was like, yeah, I could just go into my backyard and shoot. I'm like, that sounds so awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, it's, there's no real great options. We either have an indoor ranges that. The great thing is though, you can use this with real live fire too. You so can. it analyzes your shooting That's with awesome. dry fire and live fire. And That's you can awesome. even use it for airsoft and some munitions and things like that. So yeah. we'll check it out. Uh, we'll, we'll give you our opinion 
Uh, if we can go out to the range too, we will definitely shoot it. We've got a nice variety. We can at least oh, test I was it with. Say, the other option that we have for our range is, um, I'm not going to name names of ranges, but uh, our outdoor range is all. Public. It's a public range. It's a public range, and they're very strict. The RSOs are extremely strict. Um, and I realized at the disadvantage I have from not having the opportunities to just do what I want in terms of at the range. When I was at training at Train and Learn and I was at the rifle section with Ken Scott, I realized I have not had that much experience shooting standing up. I'm like, most of my rifle has been sitting down. And the reason why is because that's what they want at this public range. Like they don't want you like lifting up, like, you know, like more tactical stuff is not allowed. The same thing as drawing from holster is not allowed. So it's just, if you're coming from a perspective of training, you know, you're very severely limited by like some people don't have those options for just like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we could drive all the way out to uh, Homestead or Okeechobee, but one, they're extremely expensive to rent out or, um, a bay. Yeah, we'd have to get a group of people. Since we're yeah. RSOs, we can rent out a bay for ourselves, and that's something that we'll probably do. Yeah, but Maybe it's we'll also do a range day really down far here ourselves. For us. Yeah. We're just in a really bad area. So one day, hopefully, we'll be uh, moving closer to what would be a more, I don't know how you say this, like friendly or, or buy our own land that we can shoot or on. Or buy our own land. Yeah. yeah. Chris, I'm here. I'm very sorry to hear that you had a break in. So that sucks. But yeah, that's what we have upcoming. Um, yeah, we'll test it out with our, um, uh, we'll give it the gamut with, uh, you know, our, our striker fired guns. So we'll do it with the, the SIGs. Uh, I'll try it with my Canik. I'll do it with the 1911. Well, it doesn't have a rail, so I can't test the 1911 uh, with it. Uh, but I can test, we can test Joe's, um, Joe CZ, so that'll give us some DASA action, and we'll test, uh, you know, we've got some smaller pistols uh, that we can check out. So we'll uh, we'll let you know how that product is, and the experience will give an honest assessment. We've never really done anything before, so we're not beholden to anybody, uh, but it's definitely something that we've been looking out for, so I'm sure it'll be, it'll, it'll be a decent tool. Uh, we don't have any baseline on it, so we'll just be honest that, hey, this is the only time that we've used a tool like this, and... Um, we'll treat it as such. So maybe our opinion will be, um, uh, it'll be authentic pretty much no matter what, but we, we don't really have anything to compare it to. We've never used a tool like this. So, yeah, I just have one of those little, um, what is it called? The G little bullet thing that you put yeah, in. Yeah. Laser, a laser round that uh, yeah, with the app. That's all I have. Mm-hmm. It was very different from the Mantis. The Mantis is definitely much more complex. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to trying that out. Mm-hmm. So that should be fun. We'll we'll probably keep that for a week, and then we'll come out with a video about a week after that. Uh, and we'll really get Joe Joe a lot of time behind it, because I know that she really wants to use it. Uh, and it's something that she's always been interested in. So that's some of the cool stuff that we have coming up on the Locked and Loaded Latinos podcast. Again, next week... Uh, we don't have any guests lined up so far. Uh, we're trying to get Ken Scott back on the show since he couldn't join us last week. So we'll look forward to that. I'm probably the more problematic person when it comes well, to scheduling. Well, I want to yeah. make sure that I'm here on a Sunday and not doing some weird thing where it's a show's on a Saturday or at a weird time. Um, just because I know we didn't advertise the Saturday show like at all. Mm-hmm. So we'll do more stuff like that. I may do some guns and gaming while Joe is gone or just stream you know, just stuff. I've been playing uh, 
She wants to watch Hitman, so we'll save the Hitman for Joe. You can play Hitman. You can do that. I know that was a lot of fun, but I know. <laughs> but it's also a lot more fun when Joe's had... egging me on to do certain things in the game. Uh, yes, so. I know it's more fun when I'm being myself and ridiculous. Y'all don't know. I mean, maybe you do. You've been if you've been around for a while, you know that we're ridiculous people. So mm-hmm. uh, there is that goofy. I've been playing a lot of Flight Simulator, but that's not really fun to watch. We will be, uh, uh, you know, like like I said, you always want to visualize the future. Um, if you believe in that Tony Robbins stuff. Um, I assure you that we will be plane owners one day. Oh, I would love to own a plane. Let's get uh, let's talk to Flying Rich was in the chat last week. If he was in here, we'd talk to him about about planes. Yeah, because uh, I definitely Rolo's love... always wanted to be a pilot, so it's we're gonna make it happen one day. Oh yeah, I would love an amphibious plane too. Living around here, it's uh, it's a lot of. I'm fun. I'm very career driven, so we'll see what happens. Ooh. But yes, thank you all so much for joining us on this special Saturday night special. 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 Yeah, special. I can't speak right. My English is not very good looking. Uh, and I said it in a Russian accent. So that, that's got to count for something. <laughs> um, so, well, go for it. I, I just want to say, yo quiero hacer más cosas en español. Eh, yo sé que la mayoría de la gente que está viendo este programa no hablan español, pero son... Hablan inglés. Pero sí me gustaría hacer más partes del programa en español o hacer algo más en español porque es necesario demostrar que sí es, somos parte de la comunidad y también hacer materiales para gente que más que todo prefieren hablar en español. So eso va a ser algo que eventualmente vamos a ser más con, contento. contento de, sí. de, de armas de fuego con en el lenguaje de nosotros original. Uh-huh. So eso viene en el futuro. Danos una oportunidad eh, para tener más chance de usar armas de fuego en el canal. Y les prometo que sí vamos a salir con programas en español. Sí. También tenemos una idea de tener un, un pro- programita como dos minutos de dos A. So two minutes for two A is kind of an idea that we have. Uh, for something that's kind of a play on, if you've ever watched any of the local NBA games down here, uh, the announcer would always, uh, when there's the two-minute warning, minutos. he'd be like, two minutes, dos minutos. So I always thought it would be fun, if it's not trademarked, to do something like two minutes, dos minutos for 2A. Uh, and so that would give it kind of the Miami vibe, plus uh, do a bilingual thing. So it'd be two minutes of stories uh, in the 2A, uh, in, in first English, and then the two minutes, the same stories in Spanish. And so it'd be something kind of easy to do and something quick. So uh, that's something we'll do. Uh, Joe would definitely be a pivotal part of that. Yeah. Uh, so. Since she's a little bit more articulate than I am in the mother tongue. But uh, that's something that we want to try to do, kind of condense some of the stories that we talk about just really quick, more just throwing it, uh, throwing it out there um, in English and Spanish. So. Uh, we'll see about that. And uh, yeah, that's what we've got going on. So thank you for joining us for another wonderful episode of The Locked and Loaded Latinos. <laughs> Saturday Night Spiciness, episode 56. And uh, we'll catch you next week on Sunday at our regularly scheduled time of 7 p.m. All right. We have, hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you so much and have a great weekend. <laughs>